I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, can I please have your attention? Daniel Jigger! Listeners, this is Jonah Goldberg, host of the Remnant Podcast, brought to you by Dispatch and Dispatch Media. Um, and uh, today, we, we saw, I decided to kind of regularize this uh, morning drive time thing in part so that um, Ryan can stop texting me every Thursday night saying, drive time tomorrow, <laughs> drive time tomorrow. So I think, You were getting annoyed by that too? I said no. I, I really was. It, was. it was It was like, you know, are you going to eat your fat? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, we're going to, except when we can't do it for whatever reason, we're going to do it every, um, the first Friday of every month. Um, mama, I made it. Yeah, there you go. I didn't say we were going to do it with YouTube jackwads. Um, but, uh, there will be some sort of drive time thing every, <laughs> the first Friday of every month. And for the, for the, I think I just lost my spot. For the yeah. foreseeable future. Hope you enjoyed your moment, Ryan. That's right. For the foreseeable future, which I define as the next hour, Ryan, uh, uh, Brown of the dispatch will be here and, and Guy Denton of, uh, my deracinated British, uh, uh, Major Domo from the American Enterprise Institute will be here. And, of course, uh, world-renowned podcast producer Caleb Brown is glaring, staring daggers Caleb at us. Caleb Brown? Did I say Caleb my brother, Brown? My, my, my brother in arms, Caleb <laughs> Brown. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, Caleb Parker is uh, um, staring daggers. And now the daggers are much sharper after <laughs> I screwed up his last name. It's a, rare, um, it's a rare legendary producer Caleb sighting in the office on Friday. It is. I was Usually it's me. It was it was a it was a mix of emotions from glee to disappointment <laughs> when I saw him uh, sitting here. He said he said he was going to be here this morning, and I thought, "Am I doing something wrong?" <laughs> like usually, I'm the one running it. I'm getting this kind of nice. I, I, uh, <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> I highly encourage you guys to be constantly worried that you're doing something wrong. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Um, all right, why don't we start? What, we were just we were just talking about Olympics. So why don't we just sort of start there? Since we're recording this on Friday, it started last night, right? Yeah, I don't know if it. Yeah, whatever the time difference is, but we've seen clips of the opening ceremonies now um but i think the opening ceremonies air on nbc i think at eight tonight probably in prime time um oh, so we haven't seen the opening ceremony stuff yet. I, i'm seeing stuff online but like it hasn't aired in america yet because i started watching i started streaming ozark last night oh yeah it seemed more important but, yeah, um sure. are, I mean, are you gonna watch any of yeah i i love the sports i love in my mind, I just kind of decided right now, I think I'm going to watch the sports because the athletes try, they work so hard and like they don't deserve to be punished for this. But any coverage or like any, I'm not going to watch opening ceremonies. I don't really care what China has to show us in that. Um, Their last opening ceremonies, I can't remember what year that was, were pretty wild. Yeah, they were insane. Yeah. The, with the summer, was it, uh, I think it was the big Phelps year, was the Beijing Summer Olympics. I guess that's right. Yeah. Um, I was a swimmer in high school, so I loved the Summer Olympics. But yeah, I don't think I care much about the opening and closing ceremonies. Are you going to watch any of it? And who, what, what country do you root for? Uh, I don't oh. care about <laughs> anything sports related. So no, I will, I will be watching old Simpsons episodes most likely. <laughs> Although in terms of countries, of course, there's only, we all know the answer to that, Jonah. It's Belgium? Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, like Mexico I, or Portugal, Jonah, could go either way. I like, uh, I generally, I, sometimes I get into the Olympic stuff, but, yeah. um, and, uh, and I like some of the weirder things. Like, have you seen the cross country skiing oh, racing? Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That's bananas. Cause it's like, cause cross country, it's like in the summer Olympics, I think everyone can agree. Water polo is probably the most physically taxing thing. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like those water polo guys, when they train, they have to hold like five gallon jugs of water. Yeah. And 
tread water with their torsos out of yeah, the water. You know? I remember as a kid thinking, oh, they must just be walking on the bottom of the pool. No. Nope. They're no. treading water the entire time. So freaking exhausting. And like, have you ever cross-country skied? No. It's it's very hard. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> I would it's, imagine. It's, it's one of those things where you look at it from afar and you're like, that looks really easy. Right. And then five minutes into it, you're like, I no longer wish to do this. <laughs> um, I'll just walk. Um, I try not to go outside, Jonas. So. Uh, I, that's fair. No, I, I like that. as a great indoorsman myself. I, uh, <laughs> I, I can sympathize with that. Um, and then they and bears out there. I'd rather not find that. <laughs> and then they add shooting into some of the cross country. Well, the biathlons got yeah, shooting. Yeah, stuff. yeah. That was one of the reasons why. Um, see, look how seamlessly I weave this into global politics and history uh that was one of the reasons why the in this the russian invasion of finland in 39 wow Beautiful. they were Whoa. so unbelievably diff- like that was like that was basically vietnam in the snow for the russians for a while because uh-huh. all the uh Finns were great cross-country basically biathloners right yeah. they were like shush, shush, shush. Yeah. Sniper shot. Yeah. <laughs> and they would just kill lots and lots of Russians <laughs> until the Russians just poured so much stuff in there that they finally, you know, beat down the Finns. But the Finns really gave it to the Russians. And someone was like, that would be a great Olympic sport. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that the biathlon comes from the, so- the, Ru- the Soviet invasion of Finland. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. All right, so um, I think we've covered the Olympics. There's really not a single thing more we can say about it. Off to a fantastic start with that conversation. So um, I, I saw through China. That's all. So friends of mine, I'll say it. Uh, I have I have my um. Uh, so it's funny. I have this text group called the Boys, which nice. is like my reprobate Fun. closest friends, and uh, great show as well. Uh, yeah, no, really predates the show. Okay, yeah, great show and. Uh, I showed my daughter. My daughter saw that I had a group that called the boys among my reprobate guy friends. And she was like, you do know that every ninth grade and 10th grade boy in America has a group thread called the boys about his like yeah. immature friends. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I do now. Um, yeah. But anyway, they sent me this disturbing story about, and I, I mean, no disrespect to the deceased. Uh, Great start. Umida Nazarova. Dies in freak accident in Belarus factory machine. <laughs> this is from the New York Post. See, I'm not making it up, right? I don't care enough about this bit to like yeah, Photoshop okay, it, right? Now, as, as someone sort of steeped in the journalistic tradition, usually when you put someone's name without any qualifier, right? Yeah. Not like, you know, uh, you know, uh, industry leading accountant. Yeah. Or yeah. religious scholar. Yeah. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> right. It's The presumption usually is that you know who the person is, right? Yeah. You don't need to explain, you know, if, it, when Betty White died. Right. Right. You didn't really right. need a comma, longtime Hollywood star, right, right, blah, blah, right. Blah, right, that kind right. of thing. And um, so my friends were talking about how, what a tragedy is about this Umida Nazarova dying in this freak accident in a Belarus factory machine. Yeah. And, and I was like, was she like a visiting supermodel or whatever? <laughs> and, um, it is a terror. I don't want to make light because it really was a terrible accident. Basically her hair gets caught in some industrial grinder Ooh, thing oh and my gosh. pulls her scalp. It was not good. Not good. Oh right? my gosh. But she was, and she was pregnant, which is sad. Oh Again. my God. But she's a 20 year old, Belarusian person okay. who was just there applying for a job and apparently <laughs> she didn't have the job she didn't have the job and apparently um, she, Umida Nazarova was seven weeks pregnant was applying <gasps> for a job at the Zvarment factory in Borisov that produces welding wire and electrodes okay like who doesn't know that right <laughs> and um the only reason I can deduce, I mean, there are two reasons why the New York Post ran this story with the headline the way they did, was one, uh, it is a freak accident. Freak accidents yeah. make the news. Yeah. But two, because she's just hot as tar, <laughs> right? There's like, there's, there's like, and so they could run all these oh, like Instagram man. pictures of her. And I think we'll all agree she's an attractive young lady. I'm sure. Oh, she's a yes. lovely young lady, very, undoubtedly. Very nice yeah, lady. yeah, yeah. And, um, but that's it. <laughs> Right. It's like, wow. And I just, it, there's something so, I mean, I love the New York post. I grew up with the New York post, but there's just something so unapologetically craven. Yeah. About like <laughs> pretty transparent, like, Oh, we're all supposed to, because the implication is when you see, you know, 
Umida Nazarova dies in freak accident in Bellows factory machine. We're all supposed to grow, supposed to like respond. Not Omita. <laughs> She's just some random person, you know, in a country that most people have no idea exists. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just I was I really I was just, you know, well played New York Post. Yeah. Well, well played. We'll be sure to put her Instagram. I mean the article in the show. Yeah, that's right. Please, yeah, yeah. For research purposes. Yeah. Purely for the yeah. edification of people at home. May she rest in peace. <laughs> Did you say edification or pedification? Edification. Whoa. Jonah. Well, I just you know, Whoa. edit around that, please, Ryan. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you just you, you brought up you know new words for me last week, and or last time we did this, our new word for this. What was it? Um, involuted, uh, involuted yeah. rather than convoluted. Very yeah. Norman Mailer of me. Yeah. Also, so I just watched. Um, uh, it's actually an Irish show. Sorry, I almost called it a British show. Loathsome. Or English show. Um, hmm. The Fall. Have you ever seen it? No. With, with Gillian That's, Anderson. Or no, Gillian I saw you Anderson? tweet about it. But, yeah. Um, uh, uh, should I watch it? No. No. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, the first se- the first season's really good until you realize it's like this is like this happens with a lot of shows where they um they the sh- I mean this is my theory of it. I don't know uh-huh. what actually happened. They all, they're like, holy crap, this thing's actually popular. We're gonna have we're gonna get renewed right. for a second season. So instead <laughs> right. of like wrapping up the plot line and starting fresh the next year or just making it a, a coherent whole, yeah, they're like, let's drag this out for two more seasons. <laughs> and yeah, I- uh, something like that, you know, stuff like this happened with like Twenty Four, um, with a I bunch of different Twenty Four. I I like Twenty Four too. They they at least made it work. And, yeah. But um, so the, like if you were watching the first season and you just liked the first season, I don't blame you because mm-hmm. you're like thinking it's like self contained, self contained, and it's bringing you along until the yeah. last episode and you realize, okay, they're really going to drag this back <laughs> out for a while. But um, uh. But we don't need to talk about that right now. Uh, but I did learn, I, I, the, the word malinger. Okay. Um, which I've known all of my life and like you hear it in like movies about, you know, where the sergeant's like, oh, he's malingering and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, I did not know until I was watching the fall that the word malinger actually means to fake an illness. Oh. Did you know that? I did not. I I know. And they use it expressly. That I think maybe in the American context, that's kind of maybe changed a little bit to mean like slacker or yeah, yeah, lazy. Because yeah, yeah. that's right, the way I right. thought of it. Yeah. Like, you know, I I get really sick of prior to watching the fall. I get really I got really sick of guys malingering. Yeah. But I didn't think Same. he was faking an illness. Right. Right. I just thought he wasn't following through. Yeah. Um, and you know, was and getting, you were right. And I was right. The guy you know? is still malingering on my couch, by the way. America. <laughs> um, <laughs> people don't want to hear about that. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that, that oh, they're going to hear time. about it. They're going to hear about it. <laughs> All right. So enough, uh, enough with, with, uh, uh, fun with enough words, malingering of the, of the podcast. Um, um, do you guys have anything, uh, any profound takes on the whole whoopee palooza thing? Shocked to learn you weren't related. Yeah. Uh, Shocking news. Shocking news. No, I mean, yeah, the G file was great. It's behind, it's out from the paywall, right? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, whoopee. I try to avoid all view con- controversies, frankly. That's fair. That's it so kind of seems so dumb. That's, that's so do I. I mean, right. I, I, um, it's, it's such lower, lowest common denominator yeah. political conversation. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, um no, it's like it's funny. Like Pod John Podoritz, um, yeah, Pod is a friend of the Pod, um, and I'm a friend of the Pods. Um, wordplay. Uh, mm-hmm. No, uh, Pod's really angry about it. He wrote a very angry really? column about it. Yeah, and I don't blame him. Um, and it just, but it does, it does seem to me kind of. First of all, the the the. the Cultural appropriation stuff, which I generally find to be a really dumb mm-hmm. complaint. But like, if you're going to say, she basically took the name Goldberg because mm-hmm. she thought it would be funny and it would give her entree into things yeah. and it would be transgressive and counterintuitive. And then she could make jokes about being, so she's a lot like Tim Watley from Seinfeld. Yes. Right. Yes, so she yes. uses the name and she says she identifies as Goldberg and as, I mean, I, I identifies as Jewish. Yeah. And as I put it in the G file, it doesn't work that way. It's not right. like, um, Michael Scott in the office right. saying, yeah. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. And then all of a sudden it just happens, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, there's paperwork involved. And, exactly. um, and it just it does seem to me that like she's gotten off really, really easy over the years because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you, uh, let me put it this way. I, 
used to get really, really annoyed with how Madonna used to talk about how she had embraced Kabbalah. Um, uh, do you know anything about Kabbalah? Um, very Jewish. Uh, it's Jewish, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not an expert on spirituality or theology, Jonah. I'm yeah, so, well, that. the As point Catholic, is... Catholic, I'm more familiar with Madonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. Kabbalah. No, so the, but the, you know, the main reason why you don't know anything about Kabbalah is that you are not a Talmudic scholar of the first order who over the age of 40, because in, you know Jew of. <laughs> in Jewish law, you are really not supposed to like crack a book about Kabbalah until, oh, really? until you've mastered all of these other things. And like the idea that Madonna really had just sort of was such a prodigy at, you know, yeshiva. And went through all the rabbinical training to the point where she was ready to sort of master the, 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 the really deep spiritual mysteries um, of, of, of arcane Judaism. Yeah. Just struck me as implausible. <laughs> and, um, but with, with Whoopi Goldberg, like she gets to, she got to glom on for her entire career to the, whatever benefits she could derive from the name Goldberg, right? Yeah. It made her just kind of transgressive. She kept claiming that she had lot, she had Jews in her family history, all yeah. this kind of stuff. She got to make jokes about Jews that she other that otherwise would have seemed off putting. Mm -hmm. And I'm generally okay with that. But like, if you're gonna do that and and claim that you identify as Jewish while not actually doing any of the Jewy stuff, <laughs> like. Read the Wikipedia page <laughs> on like the Holocaust. Yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah. do just a tiny bit of yeah. homework. And the fact yeah. that she could have gone this long without grasping, like, you know, for like, 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 I'm not gonna get deep in the weeds on the Jewish stuff because it's very fraught for me. But <laughs> like, like, for even the atheist secular Jews I know mm -hmm. who still identify as Jewish they still feel a moral requirement to like know <laughs> the real basic stuff about like Nazi Germany. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and yeah. that she could hang around in, in, in identifying as Jewish and playing off all these things without like knowing the most yeah. basic stuff is really, it's kind of a sad indictment of her and of the whole thing and anyway it yeah. just it's kind of fascinating to it's me. it's sh shocking really like how do you not know to me it was like it's a pretty selfish take on racism like, yeah like the only possible racism is just literally based on the color of your skin right like right. that is such a i mean you talk about it but like such a surface level selfish take yeah on what racism can mean it's it's and, amazing and the idea that like um i mean like seriously if like if you'd watched Schindler's List. Like, I mean, like, like this is <laughs> right. not, I'm not asking you to like hit the books. Right. But, um, but no, it's, it's, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, the, 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 the whole intersectional critical race theory kind of stuff is not in fact about informing people of the complexities of history. It's about mm -hmm. simplifying history into a single black versus white narrative, right. which, um, is sort of contrary to all the stuff that they say. Um, yeah. But surely the, I, I don't know, surely the Holocaust and Nazi Germany enter into the high school education here and are taught, and the intricacies are taught quite plainly to, to people pre-college. You'd think, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I like, I mean, I, I can't really judge because you know I went to Rodolf Scholem Day School where th <laughs> these issues did come up. Boy, they, a, yeah, a bit. And uh, don't kvetch at me, Jim. <laughs> oh, stop it! Um, stop it now. I will. I will I not. I will not try to speak in an English accent if you try not to like <laughs> drop Yiddishisms yeah. on me. Um, Fine, I'll stay the clamp. Uh, Wow, for Klempt, that's not the right going. Going. <laughs> are, are you about to cry? <laughs> I mean, going. if you're about to cry, that, that changes my mood. Appreciably. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, like, again, forget remembering high school, you know, junior year history of like Nazi Germany. Just like, remember like master race, right? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it's like, all that's all you kind of need to know. And um, never mind all the phrenology gallopers kind of thing you know the air I and mean, like the second you like this is one of the weird <laughs> things is like the second you start talking about Aryans, right 
you've you've made it very clear that you don't see all white people the same. Yeah. And yet, like that just doesn't. And it was just her confidence on it. Like yeah. when she goes on Colbert, she goes on The View, and she says these things as if people who disagree with her are kind of idiots. Mm-hmm. When in reality, she's just like it's like. In some ways, it's a little bit like the way Donald Trump used to talk about stuff, where he would just so aggressively lean into his own ignorance yeah, right. that you're just, you just kind of have to marvel at it. Yeah, you know? start to believe it. Um, my favorite with that was when George Stefan, I bring this up all the time in speeches, or at least I used to, back when I used to do those things. Uh, <laughs> George Stephanopoulos asked him whether he would be, after, you know, in some interview, uh, whether he would be good on civil rights <laughs> and... And Trump, I'm not making this up, literally said, nobody has done more for civil rights than I have. (laughs) And so like, you're like, okay, Jesus, Uh, Martin Luther King, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, like, you can go down the long list before you get to Donald Trump. And so like, you know, Stephanopoulos is looking at him, you know, with the sort of like, (laughs) go on face. (laughs) And, And, and he says, for example, uh, look what I did with Mar-a-Lago. Um, <laughs> Mar-a-Lago, he says, anybody can join. Blacks, <laughs> Jews, whoever, you know, it's like it's open to everybody. And that was a really big deal. And it's like, okay, well, A, okay, good for him. He didn't violate a whole host yeah. of state and federal <laughs> yeah, statues, yeah, like yeah. barring discrimination. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. nice. He of did, he did the, wow. the, the do the basic bare minimum of what wow. civil rights laws allow require. But yes, it's, it is true that if you are black or Jewish or Indian or whatever, if you're willing to pay $250,000, you can yeah. join his country club. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, what a champion of civil yeah. rights. So anyway, I think he has since caveated that maybe, maybe Abraham Lincoln had done more. Maybe, yeah, no, no, possibly. That was, no, he, he said no American president had done more for blacks. Oh, that was different. Except okay. maybe for Abraham possibly. Lincoln. Possibly. Possibly. And, um, the jury's still out. Yeah, which like yeah. historians will debate for centuries, I'm sure. Um, yes, whether the first black president was more consequential yeah. in that way than Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, you mean Bill Clinton? Um, <laughs> nice. Well, no, that was, a, that was a big talking point in, in the 90s was how Bill Clinton, uh, like I'm not making this up, yeah. Uh, Maya Angelou wrote a thing, I think, for the New Yorker about how Clinton was the first black president. And <laughs> what was awesome was that Chris Rock was furious about it, if I remember this correctly, because he thinks she ripped him off because it was a big part of his stand-up routine. About oh. how Clinton was a first black president. <laughs> now, in much the same way that sort of like Whoopi Goldberg gets to talk about got to talk about Jewish stuff and call herself a Jewish American princess because mm-hmm. she called herself Goldberg and lied to people about identifying as Jewish <laughs> and being Jewish. I am not here pretending to be African American and will not repeat the Chris Rock <laughs> bit about why Bill Clinton was considered, uh, why he considered Bill Clinton to be the first black president uh, because I don't think I can pull it off. It's sort of like, what was the, um, again, Michael Scott in the office yeah. where he tries to do Eddie Murphy bits oh. or something like that and it's like incredibly painful. All right, so uh, anyway, you, people can find it maybe if, in the show notes if we can find it. Yeah. We can find the Chris Rock. Maybe uh, we'll put a clip in here. Bill Clinton, first black president thing. Um, all right, but we are talking about Trump, which brings us, I guess, yeah. to what, uh, January 6th? Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I, like, it, we talked about a little bit. Jonah this. just slumped in his chair. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit on the Dispatch podcast. But the problem is, is like, It has become so undeniably true that he tried to steal the election. Right. And that he had evil motives. Yeah, that he yeah. was, yeah, that's right. That he was, he was sinisterly motivated to steal an election. But so many people are so, I think most normals yeah. understand that and they've yeah. sort of priced it in and they don't want to talk about it right now because right. of masking in schools and, and inflation right. and yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's sort of like, you know, I've always, I've sort of and I, I compared Trump in some ways, the dynamic to like the embarrassing drunk uncle at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving is this holiday we have in America, guy. <laughs> um, Similar to Groundhog Day, I'm sure. Uh, uh, in some ways. Without the animals. Um, although someone was just There's telling me, animals. The, the guy at my, uh, the owner of my cigar shop was just telling me he read something that 
a ri- on the the original Groundhog Day is when they pulled the groundhog out and looked at its shadow. Then they ate the groundhog. Really? Which I did not know. And uh, <laughs> I how it tasted. I hope that's it's like true. chicken. Everything sure, tastes yeah. like chicken. I'm sure you taste like chicken. <laughs> um, I'm delicious. Uh, <laughs> um, let's just let's just <laughs> brick up <laughs> that. I think I'd rather talk about Trump. Yeah. So no, but it's like you know the the drunk like the drunk racist uncle or pain in the ass argumentative yeah. uncle or or crazy woke aunt who comes to Thanksgiving. And if you provoke them, everyone blames you for their asininity, right? Right. So, like, if you talk about, you know, something in sports or whatever that sets off the uncle, like, your mom glares at you and says, you you knew not to bring up something like that. What's wrong with you? You know, you know what he's like. Don't rile him up. And and, um, and so there's – and that's been the – that that has been the central dis or one of the central dysfunctions of the GOP for the last five or six years is like people get mad at the people who point out the truth about Donald Trump rather than yeah. the actual truth about Donald right. Trump, you know. Right. And so it's and meanwhile, the people who care the on the other side of things are so irrational and beyond the pale, um, or so uh corrupt mm-hmm. um that it's not worth having a good faith conversation with them. Um, and at the same time, I think Democrats are cynically using this stuff yeah. for partisan purposes. And so for the sort of the, the sort of committed conservative Republican types on the fence who concede rightly that what Trump did was evil and awful, mm-hmm. they're also like, why are you giving this oxygen? We knew this already. Let's move yeah. on, that kind of thing. And so that just it's it's exhausting trying to like bring it up and but if you described if i described anybody in 2015 and i said okay here's what's going to happen Donald Trump's going to lose <laughs> i was thinking this be other day yeah. actually yeah and he is going to try to use the he's going to explore using and I'll, I'll be as generous as i can about how i describe what he did he'll explore using all the powers of his job to uh lie about the election being stolen um and uh, even even contemplating using the National Guard and the U.S. military yeah. to seize voting machines, use the NSA to make claims, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he will create a campaign of lying and deceit that even if he didn't directly incite the rioters on January 6th, uh, he would still have massive moral culpability for a mob trying to seize the Capitol, um, momentarily seizing the Capitol, yeah. spreading feces all over the place, and then... Uh, chanting to hang Mike Pence, who Donald Trump said was going to uh, was a betrayed him by tr- by right. not agreeing to steal the election. Right. And well, a man in a Viking helmet stood at the podium. That's right. Yeah. The, the 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 head poobah of the royal order of the water buffalo from the Simpsons. Um, and I'm not Simpsons. I'm the Flintstones. See, you just you've got Simpsons on the head. And <laughs> and then talk about pardoning them if he's reelected. Yeah. And. Like, if you described any of that, all of the pain in the ass early pro-Trump people would say, you're paranoid, you have Trump derangement syndrome, yeah. you're crazy. Um, rhino. Rhino, yeah. squish, you know, yeah. uh, deranged, blah, 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 the blah. Lesser of two evils. And, well, but they, would, they wouldn't, my, my point isn't that they would say the lesser two evils. My point is that they would say Trump would never do that. Right. Right. Yeah. right. That, that, that is inconceivable. And then if you told have them people around him that won't let him do that. Right. And then if that you said, never happen in America. And yeah. then if you said to like, I don't know, Hugh Hewitt or, or even friggin' Corey Lewandowski, right. Who, I, yeah. you know, I think is basic, you know, who's basically, you know, is a, only a very thin veneer of human flesh on top of his <laughs> reptile skin. Um, they would say, if you said, and you're going to go along with it, um, yeah, uh, they would say screw. They would take true offense, right? Yeah. They would be like, "How dare you suggest that yeah. I would be that corrupt?" Yeah, and now you got like Dave Bossy, who again I like personally. I mean, he's he was kind of a sweet guy, but he's objectively on the side of of bad things. Um, yeah, as a sinister force, trying to like they got. I guess they announced yesterday that that Liz Cheney was and Adam Kinzinger were censured. So mm-hmm. yeah, they are they are they've moved that proposal now to the there's going to be a big vote on it today by the whole rnc there's an rnc meeting in salt lake city this week and today they're going to vote on whether or not they're actually censured or not um but the original effort was to get them expelled 
Yes. Right. Yeah. So they've lessened it to censure, yeah. which would mean cutting off all ties with them either way. So they're not going to. Oh, is that any, right? Is that what they, the, the penalty yeah, is? Yeah, I have I have the NBC story in front of me. Um, and I believe I can double check it, but I'm pretty sure it means like they wouldn't get any money. Like if mm-hmm. this passes, the RNC would cut ties, um, which means they're on their own for their campaigns. Which well, Kinsinger isn't running right. yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but Cheney, that would mean like if Cheney wins her primary primary. It's not exactly going to be a competitive race in Wyoming, but um, there would be no RNC involvement, which is insane. Let me make sure that's right. But well, actually, it'd be interesting. So I don't think Cheney's going to win her primary. I would like it if she won her primary. But if, if she didn't win her primary, I mean, she won the primary and was the Republican nominee. I wonder if some pro-Trump person could do a reverse Lisa Murkowski and run as an independent and beat her. Um, but no. I don't know enough about Wyoming politics to, to answer that question. Um, no, but anyway, it's just, it's just so, so, well, you're looking for the answer. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me read, let me read the, what the resolution says. It says the RNC hereby form, quote, the RNC hereby formally censures representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinsinger of Illinois and shall immediately cease any and all support of them as members of the Republican party for, this is what really is insane for their behavior which has been destructive to the institution of the U.S. House of Representatives, the Republican Party, and our republic, and is inconsistent with the position of the conference. Jesus. It's just so ridiculous. How is that even possible? I get it, but like, uh, it's, it's, they're just like putting exactly what Donald Trump did on these two. Yeah, no, and like, and again, like, you judge political parties by what they prioritize, not by what they, um, say they're for and the fact that yeah. they're going through all of this but you know paul gosar who right. I, look all due credit to paul gosar he understands that the nazis consider jews to be a different race <laughs> uh so he's got one up on Whoopi goldberg um, <laughs> you studied about carefully yes yes, yes, yes. he's he he well it aware of he that. could give he could give Whoopi a real tutorial on <laughs> nazi race science um in ways that like uh I'm not saying that he should, but, you know, but like Paul Gosar is an evil, demented dude whose entire yeah. family cuts ads for his Democratic Literally. opponents. Literally, know? yes. Yeah. yeah. Demented is an accurate word. Hearing yeah. him speak is just bizarre. He's scary. Yeah. Yeah. You see him in the hallways of Congress and like it, it is it's like le- legit frightening. Well, he's a dentist, right? Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, first of all, open vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll do respect. I, I'm sure most the overwhelming majority of dentists are great, wonderful, decent My grandpa's people. A okay, there, there I don't go. know any dentists yes. who tried to steal an overturn a presidential <laughs> election. No, but there's like, I do get the sense like dentists are, are punch above their weight in weirdness in all sorts of ways. <laughs> um, and I don't want to, I, I can't, I can't, how dare you say that about my grandfather? <laughs> um, quite easily, actually. <laughs> um, uh, but I, 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 some of the details I can't get into because of, of, of personal connections. But um, <laughs> there were, I, I believe that like dentists were out, were, were, it's been a while since I've looked at this, but they were one of the professions that was, that were early and disproportionate joiners of the Nazi party. Really? I really? believe that's right. And very high suicide rates too. Yeah. And, and veterinarians and, were too. I believe. And orthodontists. Kind of the same and I think maybe part of it is because you desensitize yourself to the sufferings of others. Um, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. Eventually grow to take some degree of pleasure. In that's it right. Too. I mean, have you ever seen uh, little shop of horrors? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, and it's like Steve Martin, you know, like, you know, perfect example of this. And, but anyway, no, but he just gives a vibe, you know, putting aside this grotesque and slanderous assault on an honorable profession of dentistry, uh, he does seem like he hits his gas. He gets high on his own supply (laughs) a little too much. He just, he seems off, right? And like a little altered all the time. Um, And, uh, but also like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, like the idea that somehow one of your task guys is just to memorize this phrase so I can just have it at my fingertips when I need it. (laughs) Bill Buckley always used to use this um, phrase in Latin, which was, and he would use it at the beginning of like panels and stuff when he was like thanking people for being there. And he was like, I got to be careful because, and then he would use this Latin phrase and it basically means to include of necessity means to exclude, right? Because Mm -hmm. everybody, if I, if I say, uh, you know, it's like when politicians go up to the podium 
and they're like, oh, it's great to have Bill Smith and Joe Thompson and Sarah, whatever. All of a sudden, there's a there's an inherent tension in like, when is he going to stop thanking people? Yeah. And it's so like, to if you say thank you to everyone who's here, you include everyone. But if right. you single out individual people, and that's why sometimes you see your politicians do it for like 30 friggin' names that no one gives a rat's ass about is because yeah. of that dilemma. Um, but like, like, and now I can't remember why I wanted to use this phrase, but the, the idea that, oh, that's right. So the idea that you were going to single out for censure Cheney and Kinzinger and not single out all those other people right. is to suggest that their alleged crimes um, are greater than those of people like Gosar, Massey, Bobert, mm-hmm. Green, um, and that's just that's effed up. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a real problem. And, and they don't they don't need to be doing this. Like this is just like a grassroots effort from everyone there. Yeah. Ronna McRomney, she doesn't go by Romney anymore, but Ronna Romney McDaniel, she doesn't want to be dealing with this. Like she has no reason to touch this at all, but there's now enough support in the RNC coalition that they have to now vote on this. Everyone has to go on record about this, which is probably good. At, at what point, do, when do you reach the point that you think the party is just a lost cause? Well, that's the irony. I actually think the or party- when did that happen? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, in the, as a moral judgment, I think in a lot of ways it's a lost cause, right? I mean, like it passed that point. Um, like all the people who voted for, like in a, in a healthy republic, anybody who voted to overturn the election, never mind, um, was part of this plan to create false electors and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it should have been like at the end of, you know, dangerous liaisons. Once that information gets out, all of polite society turns their back on them, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like literally a lot of those senators, uh, you know, like Josh Hawley should be like struggling to find work. Um, I Can I? Yeah. You heard it here first. I think he will be president one day. Do you? I really do. Only because, look, he's crazy. I think he's crazy on a lot of stuff. Yeah. But when you talk to him, like I've asked him questions in the hallway and stuff. He is... He makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. Like yeah. if he's on a rope line and like, it doesn't matter what he's saying. Suburbia is going to love it. Like he's just like, he's a good looking guy that like, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, in a debate with someone that's not as smart and not as affable, he's going to, he's going to crush him. I didn't realize going back to Judaism. I didn't realize until someone told me last night that there has never been a Jewish presidential nominee. That makes Josh Holly famous Jew. <laughs> Josh Hawley's Jewish? No, no, I'm just kidding. Josh Hawley's Jewish? No, no. Oh. <laughs> He's making a funny joke. Oh. <laughs> um, um, so, but uh, that's apropos of what? I, I just thought it was interesting. Oh, okay. Just, in, yeah. just intriguing. No, I mean, like... Uh, could, could there, but the, in conversation when this came up, the person who informed me of this fact said he didn't think there ever could be a Jewish president or a Jewish nominee, especially with the direction... The country seems to be going in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Joe Lieberman, um, you know, he's the first Jewish guy on a ticket, I believe, right? I mean, let's put it this way: first openly Jewish. Because you know, <laughs> we got we got people in reserve. Oh yeah. Uh, um, no, but uh, um, I pulling all the strings, Jonah. We know. I, I go back and forth about about that question. Um, you know, uh, but like for some sort of basic stipulation. This is the best country ever created for for the Jews, with the obvious and possible exception of Israel. But of course, and um, <laughs> and I don't think, despite I mean, like, despite the the sort of steady state of anti-Semitic crimes that you know don't get nearly the attention that they deserve, and all that kind of stuff, and yada yada yada. Um, this I don't I don't actually believe that this is like appreciably more of an anti-Semitic country than it was five or or 20 years ago or anything like that. I mean, maybe more than five years ago, but at the margins, you know, and so uh, I basically, I mean, the reason why I'm somewhat incredulous or uh, about the Josh Hawley for president. Um, I get it. Is that 
I don't see that guy. I mean, like the guy you say is charming in person. When I see him on TV, um, he seems like um, plastic, obnoxious. Yeah, sort of like um, a Lex Luthor kind of supervillain who works at McKenzie. And Lex Luthor is a good comparison. I wouldn't I doubt it that that's what he wants you to think when yeah. he's on Fox. But I'll um, tell you, I don't know. Like, I think if he were like, I bet you'd see a little bit of a different person on the campaign trail if he actually ran. Which maybe, he will. maybe. But the um, point I'm going to make is that like, but just if if you're right, then maybe maybe he will be president one day. But I I think at the end of the day, personality is just such a huge driver of electoral success at the presidential level. Mm-hmm. Um, that if and this is a phrase I don't like to use often, in certainly on a public platform, but if they could find the right Jew. <laughs> um, I think you know, like, like particularly, <laughs> particularly now that the sort of blood-brain barrier between Hollywood and entertainment is is deteriorating by the day. You know, um, some celebrity guy that everybody loves, like if Tom Hanks were Jewish, you know, if right, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, and he had a little, few more sort of policies. If he if he had ten years ago started doing what Reagan had done and like yeah. started learning about politics and being serious about politics. But it could, doesn't seem obvious to me. Could he, he be, be pro-Israel? Yeah. I mean, like America's pro-Israel. I, I mean, mean <laughs> as a Democrat, as a Democratic nominee nowadays. Yes, I think he could. I mean, like this is, this is one of these weird, dumb things that like the, I mean, I, this is a normal remnant topic, but like the, the degree to which the parties, the, the, elite Democratic and Republican parties, but particularly the Democratic Party's positions are at odds with their own rank and file is yeah. shocking. And um, I don't believe that the average run-of-the-mill Democrat, you know, the median Democratic voter is not wildly anti-Israel. And They probably, could, would they even care? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the average person right. in this country even point to Israel on a map? And, and there's some, you know, there is a thing that like is very common in politics, which is that it's one of the few things that Trump was right about. He said in a Washington Post interview when he was running, he was like, he was asked by the editorial board, you know, if um, if he thinks that all of these splits in the Republican Party and problems with the Republican with with conservatives would go away if he won, and he said, "Yeah, I think winning solves a lot of problems," <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, right. Winning, um, you know, I think. One of the interesting things about Biden is that because of his age and his sort of sausage spine approach to politics, um, he does not behave enough like a winner to keep his troops in line. But like Bill Clinton, like just by virtue of being in the Oval Office, Barack Obama, just by virtue of being in the Oval Office, the party falls in line. And um, but like you can go down. I mean, it's, it's like, you know. Sarah and I have our disagreements about the 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 way Biden has handled the Supreme Court thing. Um, the polling is with me. It's like seventy percent of Americans, um, including large chunks of African Americans, blacks. Um, uh, I mean, Democrats uh, just don't like the idea of not having a throwing yeah. a wide net out for potential you know Supreme Court picks and right. you know affirmative action. Um, the way it's commonly understood about, you know, sort of preferences and all that kind of stuff um, is not popular in America. Right. Israel bashing is not popular in America. Um, voter ID laws are popular in America. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go down a long list of things where the Democratic Party talks as if you as if you take the opposite position of them. That means you're a bigot or a racist or you're against democracy. Yeah. And they're actually throwing huge numbers of their own voters under the bus because they don't agree with them on that kind of stuff. So, I I mean, again, it would have to be deftly handled. You know, there'd be the, the, every now and then there are things that happen in politics where you're like, oh crap, we're going to hear a lot about X. We're going to hear a lot about Y. And if there was a Jewish candidate or presidential nominee or, 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 um, president, 
the amount we would hear about JFK and how he handled the question of his Catholicism would get really, really old, really, really fast. And, um, and so there'd be some of that kind of stuff about like, you know, um, and, and it would ignite a lot of anti-Semitism from a lot of jackasses, but unless that candidate was Mel Brooks, everybody loves that's true. That's true. Um, I'd vote for him. Um, but he was great in that Simpsons episode. <laughs> I, 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 I think the appetite for uh, super old presidential candidates is because uh, what is we he know is very good, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy's the president. No, he's like I think he's ninety. Um, all right. So what else do we have here? I have a great picture of my mom with Mel Brooks. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, he's the best. Um, he's the best. It's funny though. It's like some. It's like, you know, the, the thing about how the golden age of science fiction is 16. It's like you have to be yeah. a certain age for certain kind of things, yeah. you know. And so, like, I will fight you with sticks and broken bottles if you tell me that, like, say, um, Red Dawn is a bad movie. Because I cannot <laughs> see it. As yeah. a ba- I just cannot get my head to see sure. it that way. I, 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 cannot, I cannot grasp the concept of people not thinking that Animal House is, is, right. is funny, right? It just, yeah. It's just like it's imprinted on me. Yeah. Same thing with. At least the first half of Stripes. Second half of Stripes, reasonable people can disagree. <laughs> and um, and so like a lot of those Mel Brooks movies, it's in part because like if you go to the movies and you see your parents laughing, yeah, it there's some kind of imprinting that goes on on your brain. Mm-hmm. And but it's funny, it's like the later Mel Brooks stuff, like the Robin Hood movie, I think is bad. Oh well, oh no, you mean right. Dracula Dead and Loving It? Yeah, the there's that and. <laughs> <laughs> and and even like there are a bunch of people who really like the Star Wars spoof. Spaceballs. Even though too. Yeah. Okay. See, this, this, is, mo- this has some moments. This actually this probably proves your theory because yeah. when I first saw it, I was probably sixteen and thought this is the funniest movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um, and the shorts be with you. But like, and then there's stuff like, like you ever see High Anxiety? Yeah. Um, I quite like that one. I, I do it. too. But yeah, like, you, you actually have to have had some passing familiarity with Hitchcock. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to, to get it, you know? Um, I understood the references. I didn't yeah. Um, and like, I, I understand. Like if I, if I showed my daughter today the, the bean eating scene from Blazing Saddles, <laughs> I'm not sure she would find it as funny as I do. See, I know? should, I'm sure you love Young Frankenstein. Love Young Frankenstein. I, I don't. Find Young Frankenstein. But there are a few scenes in the uh-huh. second half that I think have uh, have aged really well. Most of it doesn't mm-hmm. make me laugh. I don't dislike it. Uh-huh. I see how it's important, but doesn't really how it's important. Doesn't really amuse <laughs> me at all. <laughs> I understand it's a long tradition of existence. Yeah, <laughs> it has some degree exactly of merit, what, I suppose. Exactly but, what he was going for. I want people to think this is an important film. <laughs> I mean, from a comedy nerd standpoint, but sure, in sure, terms sure. of actual entertainment value, I get nothing out of yeah. it. Um, but it's funny, you know, when people say you couldn't make Blazing Saddles today to Mel Brooks, he's like, you couldn't make it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the whole point of it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, but you like, Richard Pryor was supposed to be the uh, sheriff. Instead of Cleavon Little. Yeah. Little? Uh-huh. Um, it's funny, the... Uh, the the little speech that Gene Wilder gives mm-hmm. about why he got out of gunslinging because every <laughs> pissant was coming at him to like prove that they were the yeah. best. And yeah. then he gets shot in the ass by a 10 year old kid. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I bring that up with friends of mine about like every two years, there's some young kid or youngish intellectual yeah. who would go after national review or go after me or go after, yeah you know, uh, other friends of mine or, or my betters, you know, people who are older than me. Right. And, you know, part of it is just sort of my elite theory thing about how people, you know, they punch up to get, you know, by the transit of property to be oh, yeah. seen as equals and all that kind of stuff. This for is sure. someone, when Al Felsenberg, our uh-huh. dear mutual friend, uh-huh. once told me that this is one of the few reasons to read Gone at Man at Yale and one of the few valuable, valuable takeaways from it nowadays is that it illustrates if you can get someone not really... In this, in the way that you were just describing, yeah. But if you can get someone who you disagree with, who is more powerful and prominent than you, to attack you, right, to feel threatened by you, you're on your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. look, I mean, I mean, that, you raise an important point, and that, this is an important caveat. Uh, and I'm sure I've recounted some version of this a million times on here, but like, um, 
the, and I, I think I gave you this talk when we were talking about career stuff. I, I've been, you know, my first published op-ed was in 1992 in the Wall Street Journal. So I've been doing this for a while. And um, one of the key lessons I've learned about this line of work is that the, the you can have talent, you can be really smart, all that kind of stuff, but like it's stick-to-itiveness that yeah. is indispensable because, and stick-to-itiveness, I don't necessarily mean that like if you give up and you move on to something else that you fail. Right. Part of it is, is like, you've realized this is not for me. I don't yeah. want to do this for the rest of my life. That was, yeah. you know, my lesson about walking away from being a television producer is that mm -hmm. just wasn't giving me satisfaction. And, but so like over the years, I can remember the names of some of them. I'm not going to list them. Uh, and I've forgotten probably even more. Over the last 30 years, every year to 18 months, there's someone who's the new flavor, the up and comer. The, the kid to watch out for, this brilliant guy, brilliant writer, brilliant reporter, whatever. And maybe one time in five and 10, does it ever yeah. turn out to be true for the long haul? Right. Like I remember, I remember when Ross Douthat was an intern at NR, you know, <laughs> and like everyone's like, oh, he's great. He's smart. And, and he is great. He's smart. Yeah. But I remember a bunch of other interns who were like great and smart who are now estate attorneys, you know, that yeah. you've never heard of. And, yeah. you know, and I heard the same things about, you know, Ben Shapiro, but I also heard, you know, the same things about Bud Gretnick, you know, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know how Bud Gretnick is doing. Shout out to Bud. And, um, uh, <laughs> this, this Bud's for you. And so, um, um, a tear is rolling down his cheek right now. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, and so I like, did uh, make it. um, uh, yeah, he's listening to the remnant from his jail cell. So, uh, <laughs> Bill Buckley was one of those guys, right? Yeah. He was this young, really smart, incredibly erudite, incredibly interesting, charismatic dude. Sesquipedalian. Sesquipedalian. And he was, you know, but there were a bunch of people around that time that if you want to do the deep dive, that were considered a big deal. And he's the guy who had the right formula and the stick to itiveness to like be remembered. And so there's a certain kind of like winner's bias to a lot of this stuff. And and some, so sometimes the gunslinger kid who shoots you in the ass goes on to be a great gunslinger and yeah. other time, but more often than not, they don't. And, um, anyway, I just, whenever we talk about blazing saddles, it comes to mind. He should, Mel Brooks should make blazing saddles too about that 10 year old gunslinger. That's an and then prove movie. that you can make that movie again. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. I, we should idea, cut that out. So before someone steals it, the, the idea that you can make a movie with that many N words in it today, <laughs> uh, unless you're. At Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. See? Yeah. Oh, so that's possible. I, we'll, we'll close on this because I was going to bring this up on the next episode of Glob. Um, I was thinking about if you were trying to make the full story of January 6th, say from mm. November, no, let's say October 1, 2020, right? So like six weeks out from the election, more okay. or less, right? Yeah. To uh, the end of the January 6th committee hearings. Yeah. Right. Forget director. I mean, if you want to use drop the name of a director to like uh, illustrate the point, that's fine. But like, would you do it like taut psychological thriller, like Michael Mann's The Insider, right? <laughs> or would you do it like I was thinking, like maybe what would work? What made me think of this was uh, news that Rudy Giuliani was um, on The Masked Singer. Right. And like, it's difficult to cover that in a movie without the movie being a dark comedy. Right. You know, it has to be like, that's, that's more like I, Tanya than it is, um, you know, uh, uh, seven days in May. Right. You know, and, um, and so how would you make a movie about these experiences? Would it be democracy in peril, you know, Kevin Costner running around like in No Way Out, or would it be more Dr. Strange Levian, um, dark comedy? Look at these clowns taking themselves seriously, sort of like succession. Dr. Strange Levian could have worked for Trump's insane plot to steal the election and lampooning Sidney Powell and all of the ridiculous shenanigans yeah. that went on in the lead up to January 6th. Mm -hmm. I don't think a Dr. Strange Love type comedy, if it was going to 
extend to the events of January 6th it's, itself and the aftermath, I don't think that. Yeah, no, that's true. Done. Like in, in, in Dr. Strangelove and, and for listeners who don't know, uh, Ryan had to, uh, either go to the bathroom or shoot up or something. I'm, I'm locking the door so he can't return. The um, genius Irishman. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it, it's only about 1030 in the morning, so I don't think he's drinking yet, but you, you just never know. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, in Dr. Strangelove, they didn't get into the weeds of the, the fighting to take back over the base, yes. right? Because that would change the sort of Because mood if you it. do that, then you get paths of glory, which is certainly not a right. comedy. Right. Yeah, so, Ryan, while you were off drinking, unloading those airplane bottles of Jameson's. Um, uh, I didn't want to get caught. Um, um, dude, you know, maybe next time use some scope if you're going to have that kind of whiskey breath. But, <laughs> um, so... Uh, What's crazy is I peed right before this. I peed five minutes before we started. Please uh, use this as the, oh, that's, the that's, ending. That's, ending <laughs> yeah. All right. So sorry, guys. It's all right. Going back into it. Uh, <laughs> what you can do is you can get one of those um, sports catheter. Thing, catheter things and just like. <laughs> I should, honestly. Wow. Ryan looks. He's gone awfully quiet and he's smirking. <laughs> wonder what's going on. Um, what's that scene in. Uh, is it the jerk where C. Martin's at the table and he goes, Can I go to the bathroom? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And he just sits there like. <laughs> no, Thank that's. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that uh like the con movie thing i think where you said is it like at a, oh, a blackjack yeah, table yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um yeah. oh i know what you're shoot. talking about is it is it him and eddie murphy or something not eddie murphy dan Aykroyd? maybe maybe um scorny weaver I, I don't know oh yeah i think yeah, she's yeah. in that yeah uh michael kane that's it yeah that's totally right yeah, yeah. is it i'm yeah. using all of my useful brain power <laughs> for this crap and then i gotta go write a g file um <laughs> All right, so the question is, uh, what's would you do the story of Trump trying to steal the election as a like succession, dark dark comedy, Doctor Strangelove thing, or would you do it as taut psychological thriller kind of thing? Yeah, I I was gonna say, I think I'd go dark comedy, and also you know Adam McKay was watching it all happen and thinking, oh, this would be a great movie. Yeah, and his yeah. his he would do it exactly like he did. Don't look up yeah. and uh, the big short in the Vice movie. The, like, the scenes about the media and the big short were clearly. Yeah, I mean, he's a hundred percent going to make that movie, and like, I'm, I'll probably enjoy it. Actually. Yeah, I mean, because like, I, I just don't know how you do Rudy Giuliani on The Masked Singer and Ugh. stay with the taut psychological thriller <laughs> thing. It's just it's, it's really really hard. And, exactly. Yeah, it's just such a comedy of, um, which just gets to the sort of where we started with this whole topic, which is like, it makes it hard to talk about because the, 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 the clownishness of some of yeah. these guys, I mean, like, how do you do four seasons landscaping press conference as part of right. democracy yeah, hangs exactly. in the balance? Right. You know? yeah, that's, that's a good point. You'd have to make it, you'd have to make it a dark comedy because yeah. like it doesn't stand up as a drama. Like, with the punchline can't. being, well, you can't sue me because no one should have taken me seriously in the first place. <laughs> anyone who was dumb that's enough right. to believe me right. that's on them smart people should have known better yeah no that's but that's um let's just for the sake of honesty that that's also the rachel maddow and tucker carlson defense of, of their yeah. show you know it's a lot of people um and it's I not the jonah goldberg it is not the defense of this podcast <laughs> i have you know <laughs> no uh day drinking sure right. that's a defense clearly know, um uh, half-assed lack of preparation absolutely yeah, so guilty <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh other than that yeah all right guys i think we're done here we went longer than planned uh, I, I just feel caleb staring at me like <laughs> i've got my i stuck my head too far underneath Lashing the heat lamp like, under yeah, the fries behind you, know? you too so like like one of those literally. birds on the back of a rhino <laughs> you seen that commercial yeah. you seen that commercial where the robot's sitting down in a cafe and his coffee comes and he just looks at it and burns holes in it yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what Caleb's doing. For sure. For sure. Um, How's that for a reference, huh? I like it. I like it. Uh, C plus. Yeah. <laughs> fair, um, very fair. All right, so these guys are going to keep talking like this for like days. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm going to go because I got work to do. Uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you next time. No, you won't. This is a podcast. If anyone out there finds a roommate for Guy, I will let you say, no, you won't. This is a podcast on the next drive time. Please.
getting them off my couch. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.